Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this uh, wonderful episode of Panel Riot. Happy New Comic Book Day. Uh, intern Stan, could you kick us up a theme song? Great stuff. Thank you very much, Stan. That, of course, is the theme uh, from Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, which is a fun little uh, cartoon series. You may have heard of it. If not, what are you doing listening to the podcast when there's Earth's Mightiest Heroes to watch? It's on Netflix. It's great. You'll be sad when it's over. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this week's episode of Panel Riot is a, uh, it's a fun one. Uh, it's kind of for me. It's kind of something I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, I have these random kind of free-floating thoughts um, as I read comics, as I, um, uh, I see the, the maneuverings by Marvel and DC and so on and so forth. I think about characters. I think about, you know, um, I think about storylines, if things make sense in storyline and if things make sense in the real world from a business perspective. It's very tiring. It's very tiring. Most of most of the time, uh, these are these are random little thoughts that uh, couldn't be necessarily nurtured uh, into their own episode of the podcast. So um, they get shelved. They get put on the back burner, and I don't really get to do much with them. Well, this week, this week's going to be a little different. Um, I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to talk. We're just going to have a, a good old-fashioned uh, gum flapping here on uh, Panel Riot. I'm going to tell you about some things that have been floating around in my head uh, about comics that I've been reading, comics that I haven't necessarily been reading, uh, things that Marvel's doing, things that DC's doing. And uh, we're going to see if I can uh, if I can sustain an entire podcast just talking about things that are in my head. Off the dome. Off the top of my head. I mean, yes, I do have uh, uh, some notes, some things I want to get to, some things that I want to talk about, um, but we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Um, so uh, to get things started here, um, I, I was, uh, you know, tossing around some ideas as to what this week's episode should actually be about, and. Um, uh, generally when I'm stuck for ideas, uh, and not just for the podcast, in general, this is a good tip for you at home, true believer at home. Um, if you're stuck for ideas on anything, read some comics. And uh, um, I, uh, I did get to read a few comics today. Um, I read uh, issue number eight of Velvet by Ed Brubaker, which is, like I, I mentioned in a previous episode, I can't recommend it enough. It's a great, great book. Um, what else? I, uh, I caught up on Ms. Marvel, 
Um, and I think that was also issue number eight. I'm not entirely sure. No, no, that was nine. Issue number nine of uh, Miss Marvel. Um, oh, what else did I read? Um, I'm sure there was something else. I'm sure I read some other comic today. <clears throat> Either way, uh, I was just... Uh, I was reading these comics and enjoying the the dialogue and the artwork and the just the the art form that comic books are and it just uh, it's just really made me stop and think how much I love comics. I love comics so much that for no discernible reason, I come here every week and you know tell you guys how much I love comics. I love when they're good and I love when they're bad and I love when they make you feel something. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I mean, it's like movies. I love good movies and bad movies, and, you know, when they make you laugh, when they make you cry, um, when they make you feel anything at all. It's a hallmark of a good movie. Um, I just love, I love comic books, and, uh, uh, I want to take this time here on this episode of Panel Riot to thank you specifically for listening because uh, I have a feeling if you are going out of your way and spending about 45 minutes of your week with me here on this podcast, listening to me talk about comics, then you probably love comics just as much as uh, as I do. So thank you. Thank you for spending your time with me and uh, taking this journey with me. So what are we going to talk about on this episode of Panel Riot? I don't know. I don't know. I uh, all I had prepared was uh, all that stuff I just said about how I love comics and how I'm grateful that you're here with me. So, uh, I don't know. Let's let's talk about what's going on today with comics. Just some just some current events and things that have happened recently. And Marvel has been uh, has been you know hyping their Secret Wars and all these. Uh, alternate universes and things like that and and uh they've got the everything ends storyline and and uh everything's going to be bonkers and the general idea is that we're going to have a big uh big universe wide reboot it's all going to reset and uh you know I'm I'm not thrilled I'm not thrilled about this I'm more interested in uh in the fact that uh, uh, they're going to have to preserve something. You know what I mean? They can't completely start from scratch. It can't be an origin story for every single character. Um, you can't go back and, and retell the X-Men's origin story for the umpteenth time. And, and there's so many great characters out there now, not just in the X-Universe, but, I mean, look at Kamala Khan. She's relatively new. What's going to happen to her if they reboot the universe? Um, I mean, I, I imagine certain other characters will return to the status quo. Um, you'll have uh, you'll have Steve Rogers being Captain America again. What's going to happen with the with the new Thor? With the new female Thor, is she going to be sticking around, or is old Thor going to come back? Is this just a, a all the interesting progressive stuff that Marvel's doing right now? Is it just a vague experiment? Um, they're just saying, you know, do whatever you want. Just just do whatever you want. Any any story that you've always wanted to tell, um, go ahead and tell it. That's why all this crazy stuff is happening. That's why, you know, we've got the new Captain America and the new Thor. That's why, you know, you've got the Axis storyline where the good guys are being the bad guys and so on and so forth. It's probably why Wolverine's dead. 
So uh, when you look at uh, when DC did it, when they did the the new 52 recently, um, I, I it's it's generally considered, and I understand that a lot of people will disagree with that, and that's fine. But that they uh, they dropped the ball on a lot of things. They let a lot of interesting storylines go, and um, and it, there was a lot of discussion as to what was being kept from the the previous universe and things like that and um you had uh you had like uh, Wonder Woman and Superman where their storylines were were very much changed and they were de-aged so to speak but then you had Batman who everything he was doing before was interestingly enough selling well so it was largely untouched um it seemed uh it seemed uh, uh half-assed I hate to say that, but it just felt a little half-assed to me. Um, and now they're doing their convergence storyline again. They're they're uh, this this is um, ahead of uh, of Marvel's line wi- line wide reboot. Let's go back a little bit because um, it, it really surprised me when uh, DC did the new Fifty Two stuff, right? And Marvel didn't. They didn't reboot their universe in a similar way. They did Marvel now. That was around the same time, but it wasn't uh, for the first time in quite a while. One comic line did a big event, and another comic line didn't do something similar. So as a result, we had Marvel now and the New 52. But now, now DC is doing the Convergence stuff, which appears to be all these different universes crashing together, including pre-New 52, that universe, which I and, and and also the Flashpoint universe, which is also involved. And then Marvel is doing something similar, where all these universes that are storylines that they have done previously are all coming together in one universe. Then you're going to have a new Secret Wars, presumably a new Beyonder, so on and so forth. So, I don't know. It just makes me wonder if we'll ever see a time where, um, where, where it's not just comic book companies keeping up with the Joneses. DC's doing something, so we have to do it over here at Marvel. Oh, Marvel's doing this, so we have to do it over here at DC. It's, it's interesting. They're both, after all this time, um, it, it feels like they're, they're doing this just because they're the two biggest companies, um, out there. It's like when WWF and WCW came up against each other uh, in the 90s and the 2000s. Um, it's just they were the two biggest dogs in the yard, so they had to fight. It, it didn't seem like uh, there was much more reason for it than that. And yeah, a lot of people made a lot of money in the w- in uh, along the way, but you know, I think uh, I think both Marvel and DC are run by minds that are a little more reasonable and a little more intelligent than the minds and the people that ran WCW, which is why it no longer exists. But uh, but we are celebrating 75 years of Batman. Anyway. Um, I'm... Either way, when when it's just like when WWF and WCW competed, it was a great time to be a wrestling fan, and it's a great time right now to be a comic book fan. When these two companies are uh, paying more attention to what the other is doing and they're going head to head, it makes things interesting, and it uh, it, it I feel it uh, raises the stakes for all those involved. So, anyway, enough rambling about. Um, the universe is converging, and so on and so forth. Um, 
something I haven't really talked about that much on the show is uh, is Wolverine and the recent death of Wolverine. Um, now I did talk about it a little bit in the uh, in the deaths episode, um, but that I, I realized that was more uh, me just kind of recapping what happened in the comics. Um, for the first time in a long time, they're having a this big crossover, this Axis event, and Wolverine is of course nowhere to be seen because he's dead. Um, but it, when when Superman died, when they put it out there that they were going to kill the Man of Steel, this American icon that uh, that had been around for a long time, um, it got a lot of mainstream press coverage. I remember seeing people report it uh, on Entertainment Weekly, which was, oddly enough, uh, a pretty reputable show at the time. Um, I know it was Entertainment Tonight. Entertainment Tonight, that was the TV show. Is that still on? Does anybody know if Entertainment Tonight is still a TV show? Because I don't think it is. Um, but there was a time when it was <laughs> it was the big one. Anyway, um, it had a good time slot. I think it was before TGIF or something. Maybe before America's Funny Snow Videos. Couldn't matter less to this discussion. The point is <laughs> that uh, that it used to matter, and they covered the death of Superman. I think it, it got it got on like the front front page of newspapers. Superman's gonna die, um, and then of course shortly thereafter they brought him back. Now, I would say out of all the deaths to ever happen in comic books, that was the one that got the most press and the most mainstream attention and uh and uh, you know America stood up and took notice that this uh, this American icon they were killing him in print um and uh I think every major publicized comic book death since then um it's been it's been a slope it's been uh downward sloping when it comes to the mainstream media because um you know they killed Batman, and very little people paid attention. And same with Captain America, and and now you've got you've got this death of Wolverine, which you know, yeah, a lot of comic book fans are paying attention, and they're paying they're they're buying a lot of issues. Um, I believe that um, it was uh, it was the top selling book um, for the past at least a couple of months. I could be wrong, and I apologize if I am, but I know it was up there, and um, and uh, but that's it. You know, there's no. Well, granted, there is no Entertainment Weekly, uh, or Entertainment Tonight, rather, and there's no Mary Hart to talk about the death of Wolverine, but um, either way, the first thing that uh, that everyone said when Marvel said, we're killing Wolverine, is, oh, great, he'll be back in a little bit, and that was it, that was the extent of it, there was, there was a curiosity how they're going to do it, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to be the thing to actually kill Wolverine, um, but uh but you know the fur- the very first reaction that everybody had was oh, okay, so we'll see him in what six months a year I don't know it loses uh it loses its oomph it's the it's the boy who cried wolf, but at this point, what else is there? what other oomph is there to uh to really sell comic books in the mainstream media with the exception of the movies? That's it. That's the next one. That's the big cash cow. That is uh that's what's going to make DC and Marvel their biggest money ever. That's what's getting them the mainstream attention that that the Superman used to, that these big storylines used to. Um but but movies aside, there's really nothing left. 
I mean, look what they're doing. They, they, they've done line-wide reboots. They've, uh, they've killed all their big, um, big stars, and of course brought them back. Um, they've, uh, they've smashed all their universes together. They've, uh, you know, new books come out all the time. The word "ongoing" doesn't mean anything anymore. When you call it a monthly ongoing, monthly almost means six months, maybe a year if they're lucky. Um, the books that I love right now, uh, the, my, my favorite books that I'm reading out of Marvel are like Hawkeye and um, uh, Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight. I really enjoyed Moon Knight, but you know what? They announced the end of Hawkeye already. Um, they announced uh, uh, Moon Knight ended. Um, well, here's the thing. They don't necessarily end. They switch creative teams. You've got Warren Ellis, who revitalized Moonlight, Moon Knight and made it interesting, and now he's gone. You've got um, Matt Fraction and David Aja, who did incredible things on Hawkeye. And, of course, they're going to be leaving now, too. They're not necessarily canceling these books, but they will certainly be very different from the books that we are used to and the books that we have enjoyed reading previously. So monthly and ongoing has very different meanings. Now, uh, to their eternal credit, to Marvel's eternal credit, if the readership is there, they will keep something going. The superior foes of Spider-Man has been saved time and time again by buzz and good sales. On the flip side of that, um, all-new X-Factor is, X is getting canceled due to low sales. So... <laughs> Uh, I, at this point in the conversation, I should bring it around and uh, and present a focused point, but I don't really have one. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys, um, but I don't. That's that's just the way of things. That's the nature of the beast. That's how comics are. Um, but uh, I, I guess the flip side is you've got you know you look at like Chris Claremont writing the X Men forever, and the terrible things he did to them. <laughs> Just the, the frighteningly bad books that Chris Claremont wrote in uh, using the X-Men's name. You know, I, maybe it is for the best. Maybe I've talked myself out of my, my position here. That maybe it's for the best that we, uh, we switch up creative teams as often as we do. Um, because sometimes it does keep things fresh and uh, you get hits. You get incredible smash hits like Hawkeye and, uh, and, and incredibly popular books like Ms. Marvel. Um, and, but sometimes you don't, <laughs> sometimes you get duds. I encourage you to read some old, uh, old Wolverine comics. When I say old, I don't mean like, you know, his first few years. I mean like the early 2000s. They were not kind to Wolverine. Trust me. There was some weird stuff going on there that, uh, nobody was paying attention to. So... Uh, well, folks, that's one segment down. Thank you for listening to me ramble thus far. We're going to hear a quick word from our sponsors, as we do here on Panel Riot. We love our sponsors. Uh, and we'll be right back with more of whatever this is. It's Panel Riot. Stick around. In or around the Pittsburgh area? Check out Metamorphosis, Pittsburgh's only full-service organic salon, spa, and wellness studio. Haircut? Check. Manny? Check. Petty? Check. Massages, highlights, sauna, and facials? Absolutely. We even offer professional yoga classes daily. Visit us at spapgh.com. That's S-P-A-P-G-H.com today. 
because when you feel good, you look even better. As always, our sincere thanks to the wonderful, wonderful people over at Metamorphosis. Check them out at SpaPGH.com. And let me tell you, I'm going this weekend, this very weekend, that Saturday, I will be there. I'm getting my toes done because I like to treat myself. And I'm treating, um, you know, going with a couple of friends. We're going to relax. We're going to have a nice little girls' day. We're going to go get dinner across the street. It's going to be great. I can barely wait. So... Moving right along with this uh, kind of rambly edition of Panel Riot, one of the great things I was thinking about during the break was, um, uh, like I said, uh, you know, I compared comic books to movies uh, in the first section there uh, for different reasons. But when it comes to comic books, um, there's so many different reasons for people to like comic books. Um, They absolutely, just like films, span the genres. There's comedy, there's drama, there's action, a lot of action. Um, There's horror comics, there's romance comics. It's all out there for the taking. Um, There's spy thriller comics, uh, another throwback to Velvet. it's it's all out there and even even you know within those there's you know people like it for the art people like it for the dialogue um people like it for the for the pacing i mean everybody everybody can get something different out of comic books i feel this is why they've you know endured as a medium in uh, in american culture and in other cultures as well um now i keep uh, i keep going back to this um, I keep going back to <laughs> professional wrestling, which I apologize for, but that's just how my mind works. Um, if you want to hear me uh, just talk about professional wrestling, this is a, a plug for a sponsor that's outside of the designated area, but WrestlingMayhemShow.com, go and check that out. Um, it's a fine wrestling podcast that I'm on. Anyway, uh, when you look at um, uh, Marvel in the 90s, that's when they had, that's when they were kind of at their worst. Um, they were in bad shape. The market was saturated, and it was just gimmick, 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 gimmick. You know, it wasn't going well for them. And uh, and eventually they turned it all around. When, and when you look at um, the WWF, the 90s were the same way. Gimmick, 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 gimmick. You know, just uh, just goofy stuff, just oversaturation. And, uh, and they also managed to turn it around. Um, and uh, I'm sure if I really put my mind to it, I could draw more parallels between wrestling and comics all day, but if I uh, if I did all those on this episode, what would I talk about for the rest of every episode ever? Um, okay, here's something that, uh, that I was thinking about uh, in regards to Wolverine. I was listening to uh, the Nerdist comic... Comic, the Nerdist Writers Panel, sorry, the Nerdist Writers Panel, um, and they, uh, they often, from time to time, will... Um, Yes, that's redundant. Often from time to time. Whatever. Um, They will interview comic book artists. Not artists. Writers. They will interview comic writers. I swear I am sober. And, uh... And they'll, you know, usually talk about their creations. They're usually, you know, legendary creators. Well, um, they had Len Wein on, the epi- on an episode, and they were talking about the upcoming death of Wolverine. This was before it all, uh, it all went down. And uh, he was complaining about the things that they had done with, with the character. 
um, he was talking about how he had originally envisioned the character and how the like now the character was it was something else entirely. But you know what? The fact of the matter is, that's a good thing. That's just good business because you take a character and they have to grow and they have to develop. It's not it's not a terrible thing to change a character as long as the changes make sense. They're not all just editorial mandated nonsense. As long as it, it, it fits in line with the character and it's a step forward. If if what happens to change a character makes sense within the frame of the narrative, then that's just good character development. Now when Wolverine died, there's a great uh, a great it's it's a it's a two page spread, right? And it shows, you know, Wolverine, spoiler alert, uh dying and he's, you know, coated in adamantium and he's going to, you know, his his final rest and everything like that. But along the top there are these panels of all these different versions of Wolverine, all these different uh uh points throughout Logan's life and you've got you've got him, you know, fighting ninjas and you've got him as Patch and Madripoor. Uh you've got him and Jean Grey. Um, him as a soldier in the woods. You've got Instructor Logan um, at the Jean Grey School. You've got um, you've got uh, Japanese Logan during his time in Japan, where he's wearing more traditional dress, and and it's all of these things come together to form a well-rounded character. Um, it's it's to to take a character that's the same in the the first panel that they were ever introduced the same as the last panel before they're ended before the the character has run their purpose it's pointless you know it's i i understand the idea you know all people want to see the same thing again and again and again but uh there's really something to be said for continuity and for character development for a character to get a scar and to have that scar for the rest of that character's life you know I, Again, I'm going to take this back to professional wrestling, but that a lot of times that's why professional wrestling gets stale. Uh, there's a term that's commonly used uh, in the wrestling industry that's uh, it's it's a turn, and it's uh, a character will take either a, a face turn or a heel turn. Heel turn, of course, being a bad guy, becoming a bad guy, and a, and a face turn becoming a good guy. And this happens, you know, relatively often for most wrestlers it happens so often that when it doesn't happen for a long period of time people tend to get antsy when you look at John Cena John Cena has been a face for the majority of his career and people get antsy people want him to turn heel um now that being said uh face turns and heel turns are great but they're no true replacement for for genuine character development you know what i mean uh if if just the character decides to be a bad guy suddenly out of nowhere, that's not character development. That's just we needed something new. We needed something else to do. You know what I mean? There has to be a reason for the turn and so on and so forth. And and um, my favorite things are are callbacks. Um, when you're uh, when you get into comedy, stand up comedy, things like especially stand up comedy, a good callback to a joke that you made earlier in your set. If you if you place it later in the set, and the original joke was good, and you call back to that joke at just the right time with just the right tone, you will kill. You will you will absolutely uh, blow up your audience. They will love it. And I've seen a lot of comedians who um, they'll end their set on a callback. 
They'll call back to an earlier joke, and the laugh they'll get is so good that that's it. That's that's all they need, and the set's over. Um, it's it, it it's continuity, and I I feel that it's important, and it's an underutilized asset uh, when it comes to both professional wrestling and comic books, for that matter. Um, if you look at something like uh, like Archer like the television show Archer, the animated series. Um, it's wonderful. And they are known for their continuity. There are, there's constant callbacks in Archer. Um, that's that. I mean, if any character gets a scar, that scar will be on them every subsequent episode and every subsequent season, um, including, you know, any tattoos that, uh, that any particular character might get on their back. Um, it shows up. It'll show up forever. I love that kind of thing. I wish comics were better about that. Um, both Marvel and DC, you know, they're both guilty. They should have, like, uh, I'm, well, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they have, like, a, a some kind of in-house historian to, you know, encompass all this stuff. But um, but I would love for there to be, like, a, a, a master of continuity, someone who keeps tabs on all this stuff, um, so that uh, when a character... Um, is taken over by a new creative team. You've got a new writer, and you've got a new artist that um, certain things carry over. The big things carry over. Now, that's not to say that they don't do this, you know, uh, occasionally. Um, the recent story arcs involving Cyclops have been uh, have been very well done. Um, he went from, you know, fearless leader of the X-Men in Utopia to, you know, uh, uh, in, uh, inhab- inhabitor, inheritor, no, Phoenix. He he had the Phoenix Force, <laughs> and uh, and you know, blew up everything, killed Charles Xavier, and now he's a mutant revolutionary. Um, and he's he's been carrying this uh, the stuff with Xavier for a long time. So they are they are getting better about it, and um, there has been a bit of character development. Um, Havoc, as a matter of fact, Scott Summers' brother, and all the stuff that he's doing in. Um, uh, Uncanny Avengers. That is another great example of uh, of character development, and that's a character who had no development. He was no character. He was just a guy. You know, I, I, I somehow doubt that uh, they were selling a whole lot of Havoc T-shirts um, up until probably relatively recently. So, anyway, um, Len Wein, relax. What they have done with Wolverine is good things, um, and it hasn't all been cash grabs. What the character became. Um, was uh, was well worth it. Now, as far as um, should the creator of the character have say over the direction of the character throughout its uh, its life cycle, that's a whole different conversation for a whole another episode of the podcast with whole other guests who have more experience in that realm than I. Anyway, moving right along. We are going to take another quick, tiny, little, teeny break. Uh, hear a word from our sponsors, and we will be right back with more Panel Riot. Stick around. The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invites you to learn something that you might share with your friends. And that something is a glass of sherry before dinner. Naturally, a glass of Petri California sherry. I say Petri sherry because it's the perfect before-dinner wine. You couldn't think of a better way to begin a meal. 
That Petri sherry has a beautiful, inviting color, like, like dark amber. And for flavor, well, you've heard sherry described many times as having a rich, nut-like flavor. But if you want to learn for the first time what those words rich and nut-like really mean, you just taste Petri sherry. It's wonderful. Serve Petri sherry by itself or serve it with hors d'oeuvres or, or those little cocktail sandwiches. And incidentally, if you prefer your sherry dry, you know, not sweet, just ask your wine merchant for Petri Pale Dry Sherry. Well, the important thing to remember is if you want sherry, you want Petri Sherry because that means good sherry. As always, our sincere thanks to the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine. Boy, do we appreciate your sponsoring of Panel Riot. Uh, Now, here's something that I should have mentioned every episode up until now. If you would like to sponsor Panel Riot, we would be happy to have you. We would love, love to, uh, to talk about your product on the air. All you have to do is send us an email, panelriot at gmail.com, and uh, we'll talk about the terms. Uh, we have already some very fine sponsors. We, of course, have the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. We have Metamorphosis, uh, the finest uh, spa and wellness center anywhere in the world, especially in Pens- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and, of course, the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine. We would love to have you. We would love you to join the Panel Riot family. So, for this last segment, um, I want to talk about uh, my favorite comic books of all time. This is not in any particular order, but um, podcasts uh, in general, specifically comic book podcasts, they tend to focus on the negative. Um... I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that kind of show. I want to talk about the positive, the things that I enjoy, the things that I love about comics. Um, so uh, let's start with uh, some non-traditional comics. Um, when I was young, I read Peanuts and Garfield like they were my religious books. Just constantly. And not the not just in the newspaper. I mean, like, I had books. I had a bunch of Garfield books and Peanuts books. Um, my I credit my love of writing, um, not just due to the, the creative influences of my family, but, I mean, I had a, I had a book of um, Peanuts poetry, and I wrote my first poem uh, inspired by one of those when I was a kid. Uh, it's just, uh, everybody's got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, and I would, of course, be remiss if I didn't mention Calvin and Hobbes and The Far Side. I had Calvin and Hobbes books and The Far Side books, and, uh, you know, they were great. They were great. I, uh, every now and then, uh, I'll get a, I'll get a, a wild hair up behind her and, uh, read them still to this day. So, some of my favorite, uh, comic books of all time. Well, this first one, uh, might not surprise you too much, but of course it is X-Men. Now, I know there's a lot of X-Men books, I'll freely admit, um, that, uh, that there's bunches, but, um... One of my favorite X-Men books is actually a fairly recent one, and it is uh, Uncanny X-Men. Um, in the year is 2011. This is post-schism. 
This is uh, when Cyclops took his team and stayed in San Francisco, and Wolverine took his team and started Wolverine and the X-Men. And um, it was written by uh, uh, Karen Gillan. Kieran, Kieran Gillen? I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce anyone's name. Um, and the team consisted of Colossus, Danger, Magneto, Cyclops, Storm, uh, Emma Frost, Magic, Hope Summers, and, uh, of course, uh, Namor. And it, it was it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a, a, a really, really enjoyable run that went for uh, only a handful of issues, unfortunately. Um... All in all, I think it only ended up going about uh, 19 or 20 issues because uh, the uh, Avengers vs. X-Men thing started happening. And that, unfortunately, started happening right around issue 10, so there wasn't much time to settle into the uh, the great storylines that uh, that they were dealing with. But um, it, was, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. It was kind of an homage to uh, a few comics that had come before it because they used a lot of those elements... And uh, that being said, another one of my favorite runs on X-Men is Astonishing X-Men, written by Joss Whedon. And uh, uh, honestly, I can't remember what year that was. I, uh, I genuinely have no idea. Uh, 2000... 2004? 2005? Somewhere around that area. Um, yeah, the Joss Whedon stuff that he did on Astonishing X-Men is great. And probably will be an entire podcast on its own. Um, and, uh, uh, while we're on the subject of X-Men, the newest, uh, one of the newest X-Titles, all new X-Men, which launched in 2012, written by Brian Michael Bendis, is so much fun. The artwork is spectacular. The crossovers with Guardians of the Galaxy have been a lot of fun, and, uh, it's just a really good book, and it's, it's great for, uh, for fans of... The X-Men in general. Um, moving on, but still kind of uh, related to the X-Men, is uh, Avengers vs. X-Men. A vs. X, the uh, the kind of culmination to the whole Hope Summers, Phoenix Force storyline, the whole, also the culmination to the House of M storyline, the No More Mutants business with, uh, with uh, Scarlet Witch, and so on and so forth. It's a lot of fun. There's some cheesy moments, sure. You're going to have that. That's just the thing that's going to happen. Um, but uh, but when it comes down to it, it's it's a fun book. They brought in a lot of, uh, a lot of writers, to say the least, <laughs> for, these, uh, for these books. Jason Aaron, Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker, Jonathan Hickman, and Matt Fraction all worked together um, on these books, at least on the main... Um, the main Avengers versus X-Men books. Um, and then, of course, you have the spin-offs, which are a lot of fun. There's the you know, Secret Avengers, Avengers Academy books. Um, it's great. And the uh, the artwork is on point, which, uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of. And this is one of those events where um, the consequences uh, ripple outward. You've got, um, you've got the death of Charles Xavier. You've got the damaging of the powers of the of the Phoenix Five and so on and so forth and the reigniting of the mutant gene and everything and it's it's just it's fun and it's it's a lot of things that you would want um in a in an X Men Avengers crossover book. Um it, as a quick aside I do want to mention that uh I am really enjoying the Avengers and X Men Axis books, which are currently uh ongoing. It's their big crossover event that's uh, that's happening right at this very moment. 
Speaking of Avengers, my favorite Avengers storylines aren't even on the regular Avengers books, even though there there were a lot of fun books there. But uh, New Avengers, New Avengers, I just it was it was after it was after the main team was kind of decimated by Scarlet Witch having her little breakdown. This is in 2005, and a new team of Avengers is uh, kind of comes together. You've got Luke Cage, you've got Spider-Man, you've got Captain America and Iron Man. Um, Wolverine gets added to the team. This is uh, this is where I really started to be interested and really start start excuse me started enjoying. Um, uh, what's her name? Jessica Drew. Um, is it, it's not Scarlet Spider. What's her name? Spider Woman. Spider Woman. Sorry, I'm, something's really wrong with me. Um, and unfortunately, that also includes uh, the Sentry. That's when he was introduced, which uh, that is a debacle. <laughs> uh, that's a whole big mess. Um, anyway, so that volume was a lot of fun. And it was, again, written by Bendis. Um, and then uh, it uh, it turned into something else. It morphed into something else. Um, when uh, they kind of handed the keys over to Avengers Mansion to uh to Luke Cage and his team. And then you have the heroic age of the new Avengers. It's still written by Bendis, but it's it's uh, the focus is on different different uh team members. Um and a lot of the focus actually is on Luke Cage and uh his wife um uh Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones. Jones or Johns, I don't know how it's pronounced. And that's nothing new. Um a lot of it focuses on their relationship and their new child and everything like that and it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it reintroduces Doctor Strange, uh, reestablishes him as um, the Sorcerer Supreme for the for the realm, and uh, uh, that is just a lot of fun. Um, as far as regular Avengers books go, um, of course uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of really good, you know, just the Avengers books. Um, mainly, I enjoyed a lot of the stuff again from the Heroic Age. And uh, and they actually uh, set up a lot of stuff that would uh, come into play further down the line, involving Kang and um, uh, Ultron and so on and so forth. Um, and and other excellent Avengers books. I can't recommend these uh, these highly enough. Is the uh, Avengers Arena series, um, where uh, Arcade basically kidnaps a bunch of the uh, the young Avengers um, from the Avengers Academy rather, and uh, puts them in a tournament where they fight to the death. It's fun. It is a blast. Uh, now, if you are particularly attached to some of these characters, if you read Runaways and really enjoyed that, this might not be the book for you. There might be some issues. But um, it's fun. It, it's a blast. And that is continued in uh, uh, Avengers Undercover, which uh, just recently ended its run. But that's the uh, the end of that whole ongoing uh, story arc. So absolutely check that out. One last thing about uh, New Avengers I want to go back to. Uh, Marvel Now New Avengers is 1,000% a different book. Very different from what it was before with the uh, with the Luke Cage stuff. And uh, it focuses more on the Illuminati, and, and it's a much darker book as well. Still worth picking up, but uh, absolutely 100% different. Um, okay, so Avengers. So let's talk about some uh, some one-off Avengers books. Um, not one-off, but like solo books. Obviously, Spider-Man. You can't get away from. You can't read comics and get away from Spider-Man. Particularly, Amazing Spider-Man, um, and it is issues. Uh, let's see here. 
471 to 519. These were the books written by Michael J. Straczynski, and uh, I, I've, I've mentioned them before on the podcast, and I'm sure I will dedicate more to them later, but these were a big reason I got back into reading comics. They were fun, they're emotional, they're character-driven, uh, they're a blast. Go and check them out as soon as humanly possible. I also want to recommend Superior Spider-Man to you. It was a short run, only uh, 32, or what has recently become 33 issues. Um, but it was it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a departure from what the Spider-Man books normally are. This was while Doctor Octopus had control over Peter Parker's body and was mass and was being Spider-Man, trying to make a good go of it. Um, and it's fun. Now that being said, there is one issue uh, during the Inhumanity crossover of and it's uh, it is you know Superior Spider-Man Inhumanity, and it is what what I feel to be one of the best books in the entire run. And it's not written by Dan Slott, but uh, the ri- the writer is Christos Gage, and uh, the art is by Stephanie Hans. And uh, I just want just go and read it. It's good, there's action, it's emotional, and it's it's one of the best Spider-Man stories that don't, that doesn't star Peter Parker that you'll ever read. I guarantee it. Um, so, uh, there is that. Um, I, uh, obviously want to recommend Hawkeye. Hawkeye by David Aja and, uh, Matt Fraction is amazing. I've mentioned it on this podcast and other podcasts. And, uh, eventually I'm just going to sit down, plow through the whole entire thing and do an entire show dedicated to it. It's so good. It's so funny. It's so interesting. The artwork is different. It's clever. I can't. I cannot describe it. I don't have the poetry of language to describe this comic accurately. Just go, 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 and read it at once. Um, I would like to uh, quickly mention the Civil War crossover. A lot of people didn't like it. I wholeheartedly enjoy it. Enjoyed it rather. Um, which uh, that is obvious. I've mentioned that on the show before as well. Uncanny X Force was a lot of fun. Wolverine's kind of uh, Wetworks, you know, Black Ops team. That was that's a very dark and violent book though. So uh, be prepared. That's uh, written by uh, Rick Remainder. Remainder. Remeter. Man, I am just awful at names today. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's great, but it is very dark. It's very violent. Very uh, very graphic. So uh, be warned. But Absolutely. Uh, if you like that kind of thing, go and read it. And if you don't, go read it anyway. Iron Man. Everybody loves Iron Man, right? Wrong. Iron Man has had, I feel, more hits than misses uh, in in his uh, comic books before. But uh, there is, of course, an arc that is uh, incredibly famous now. Uh, mainly due to Iron Man 3, the movie, and the extremist stuff. That is based off of a... Uh, I believe 2000 oh 2005 2005 um storyline called extremist written by warren ellis with uh, art by uh, addy granov and let me tell you if you read no other iron man story in your life this is the one to read this is where it all comes from uh it's great the artwork is of course beautiful it's brutal and it's dark in a way that a lot of iron man stories aren't which, of course, is due to Warren Ellis and his uh, incredible writing abilities. So go and check that out. Runner-up, 
go read the Invincible Iron Man, uh, the run that Matt Fraction did, because Matt Fraction did a great job um, working on uh, uh, on the book in what year was that? 2008. 2008. I think it was 2008. It uh, it, it it made Iron Man as interesting and as uh, enjoyable as uh, as you'd ever seen him. You root for him more than you ever b- had before. Um, I think this also was around the time uh, right before the Siege storyline, um, where he's uh, systematically deleting part of his brain. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, go and read those. Now, uh, I apologize because I spent a lot of time on Marvel, but hey, let's talk about a little, about, little bit about DC, because I also have a few favorite DC books, and unfortunately, surprise, surprise, most of them are Batman books. Hush. The Batman storyline, Hush, is great. If you were a fan of Batman the Animated Series, this is the Batman story for you. Go and check it out. The uh, The artwork is beautiful. It's by Jim Lee. Uh, the writing is by Jeff Loeb. And it is, uh, it is well, well worth your time. Um, other excellent Batman stories are uh, The Return of Bruce Wayne. I mentioned that in last week's podcast. Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader, which is just kind of like a, a one-off. Uh, the Battle for the Cow storyline is, uh, is a blast. The Long Halloween. Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. It's, it's stylized. It's a graphic novel. It's, um, it's just great. I love, love, love The Long Halloween. Blackest Night. Not a Batman story. I know it's a Green Lantern story, but uh, here's a little secret. A little something that a lot a lot of people know. I really like Green Lantern comics. Shh. Blackest Night was a blast. It's a lot of fun. It's a huge crossover uh, with uh, a bunch of other DC characters um, resurrecting the dead, so on and so forth. The main focus is on the uh, the, the color spectrum of all the different uh, the lantern rings. It's fun. It's well done. It's not overblown. It's not bloated. It's it's great. So, Blackest Night, DC Comics. Almost anything Green Lantern, when Jeff Johns was writing it, is worth checking out. Now, there was a book known as Gotham City Sirens. Um, and this book, what year do you think Gotham City Sirens came out in? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what year it came out in, but it was great. Written by Paul Dini, um, drawn by uh, Guillem March, probably not how you pronounce it. Um, and uh, it's a, an excellent, excellent book. It focuses on Catwoman and um, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It was a, a precursor, I feel, to uh, some of the more... Um, it's like the Harley Quinn book that's ongoing now that I've heard very good things about and, uh, and a few other things. Kingdom Come, I uh, that should be all I have to say. Or those two words, Kingdom Come. Need two more? I will say Alex Ross. And if that doesn't sell you, well then, you're probably not a comic book fan. Uh... <laughs> Let's see here. There were actually a few Batman or Superman Batman books that I uh, I really enjoyed. Um, they were, of course, the line um, that went from 2003 to 2011. They're a team-up book. 
Um, and uh, the one specifically I want to point out is uh, by Jeff Loeb and Michael Turner, and it's um, it's about Supergirl. Um, I really enjoy the artwork. It introduces Supergirl as a character, one of the Supergirls. I don't know which one. Um, and it was fun, and I actually uh, I actually got my copy of uh, of that signed by Michael Turner before he uh, before he passed away, which is terrible. Um, he was a he was a real talent. Um, so, uh, I, I'm sure there's other, um, DC books that I'm missing, but you know what? I, I want to leave that to you. I encourage you to tell me, uh, more DC books that I should be reading and falling in love with. Um, as for not big two, as for not Marvel or DC, um, I of course want to mention Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That goes without saying seconds was a lot of fun by the same creator, um, if uh, if you are looking for alternative comics, not by the big two, I of course want to mention Velvet by Ed Brubaker and uh, 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 what is it? Uh, Steve Epting. Steve Epting. Just listen to a previous episode to hear me gush about that. Uh, sex criminals. Everybody should know about sex criminals, and if you don't, now you do. Um, you know Matt Fraction doing an incredible job again with the writing. I mean, he, he just, he, it seems that Matt Fraction can do no wrong. Um, I don't remember reading a Matt Fraction book that was bad in any single way. Anyway. Um, and, uh, the artwork is by Chip Zdarsky and it is, um, it's, it's very fitting of the, of the book I mean, which is a very sexual, explicit book, as you would imagine. It is called Sex Criminals, and it's about two people who, when they orgasm, time stops, literally, and then they commit crimes. Sex criminals, get it? Um, anyway, the the art is uh, it's very appropriate. It's also very cartoony, which adds something I feel to the book. It adds a lightheartedness. So, um, if you're of age, go and get that book. It's very, very good. Um, and, uh, as far as things I'm looking forward to, I am looking forward to the, uh, the Star Wars Marvel books that are coming out and also the Thrilling Adventure books that are coming out, um, via Image Comics. And I want to give a very special shout out to some old comics I found recently, uh, that I thought I had lost. WCW World Championship Wrestling Comics, a blast from the past. These are from 1992 and I found a comic about a, uh, a battle royal. It's a. <laughs> the cover says it's an all-out battle royal for a shot at the title. Will any man beat WCW champ Lex Luger? And it's just a picture of him on the front, and on the inside, it's uh, it's the artwork is just incredible and just wow. This is again, this is a whole nother episode in it in of itself. So uh, that's it. That's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble about comic books. Uh, and just kind of find my way through and um, get some of the things off my chest that I really wanted to. Uh, If after this you want more Panel Riot, well, God bless you. You can find it at panelriot.com, our wonderful website. There's going to be some exciting changes coming to panelriot.com soon, including maybe, uh, maybe some new sponsors. Entirely possible? Yes? Do you want to be one of those sponsors? Or just tell me how much I suck or how much you love me. That would be fine, too. Email us, gmail, uh, panelriot at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter, 
at Panel Riot. We would love to hear from you. You can find more audio goodness, uh, oh, just everywhere. There's iTunes and everywhere that goes. Stitcher, uh, wait, Stitcher, I'm sorry, Stitcher Smart Radio and Spreaker. We are now on Spreaker. So if you are listening to us on Spreaker, welcome. Thank you very much. We are glad you're here with us. So, that's it. Until next week, true believers, when hopefully I will have thought up a catchphrase. Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.